At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. Hollenbeck, uh, write about music for the Burlington Free Press, and I also host Rocket Shop Wednesday nights from 8 to 9 at 105.9 FM, the radiator, W-O-M-M-L-P. Uh, we bring you live music, Vermont musicians, we talk, we laugh, we sing. Well, I don't sing because I can't, but uh, people with talent do. And uh, we usually have two guests every week. But uh, this week we have just one, and they came from a long, long way away, so we're going to give them the full hour that we usually have. It's uh, David Rosane and the Zookeepers, and uh, we have David right here. Hi, David. Hi, Brett. Thanks for coming, David. Well, thank you for inviting us all the way down to Burlington. How many uh, Zookeepers do we have? We have three here, and that's uh, I, we were doing the math, and it was a little confusing earlier on because there are uh, both North American and European zookeepers, I believe, right? Yeah, well, I, I have the great fortune to to spend my time between Vermont and Paris, France. And That's not so, bad. Yeah, <laughs> the buddies I play with in France uh, are called the zookeepers, and the buddies I play with over here in Vermont are, it used to be the French zookeepers and the American zookeepers, and this year we just said, you know, screw it, let's just everybody be a zookeeper. Right, so there's zookeepers and there's zookeepers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. And these are. Want to know how to say Bernie Sanders in French? Bernie Sanders. Sanders. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, I speak uh, fluent French. All I have to do is put on the bad accent. My sister is a French teacher and a Spanish teacher, and she says often, you know, the word is what you think it would be if you were to speak gibberish French. So, uh, okay. you know, it's like just make it up, and it just often works. Just don't let the French know that. No, <laughs> no. Les hot dogs. <laughs> Um, so we have a couple of the American zookeepers here tonight. We have uh, Jen Grossi and Don Sinclair. Hey, guys. Hi. Thanks for coming. Uh, so you're from southern Vermont. Whereabouts? Well, central. We're central. Vermont. We're from Bradford, Vermont. Okay. Yeah, that's fairly far. Well, it's, it's halfway up and all the way to the east. Yeah. So uh, right on the New Hampshire border, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, David, why don't you tell us a little bit about your music? Um, well, um, I, when I was much younger, um, back in the day, I, I started out as a post-punk uh, wannabe musician in the early 80s. This was in France. And, That's uh, my era, too. Yeah. Yeah. Early <laughs> me 80s, and, post-punk. Me and, my, and my, my pre-zookeepers at the time wanted to be the next Sonic Youth or the next Pixies. And uh, at least we tried. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Those are admirable goals, <laughs> yeah. if you ask me. And then um, I went back into uh, my original uh, dream and vocation, which was to work uh, in scientific and environmental affairs. So I first mm-hmm. worked as a science writer in Paris for an environmental magazine and then landed a job with Cornell University and did research and minority research outreach with indigenous communities in the Amazon for 10 years, wow. which was really, really cool. Hmm. And then I moved to New York City and did some urban ecology with some more outreach with some uh, uh, young immigrant uh, high school students um, in New York City, teaching them about the global environment and the environment in New York City uh, uh, specifically. Hmm. Then came back to Vermont, home base. Um, And then after that, after a year here, uh, went back to France uh, and uh, didn't know what to do. So a lot of my buddies said, 
dude, why don't you start writing songs again? Because mm. they weren't that bad. <laughs> so I'm writing songs again and enjoying it very much. With that kind of enthusiasm behind you. Your yeah. songs aren't that bad. <laughs> you know, that really eggs you yeah. on. Yeah. Um, uh, and so you said you started out in kind of that post-punk vein. How would you describe your sound now? I think the aesthetic and the... the I, I have a lot much funner now at 50 getting up on stage because I actually think I know what I'm singing my songs are about. Huh. Back then I was clueless as to what, you know, it was, it was mostly... Um, What's the word I'm thinking for? Uh, free association? Yeah. Or well, like you that. know, you think of Michael Stipe or yeah. Uh, yeah. people in that era. They were writing words that we still don't know what they were talking about. <laughs> so that was kind of the thing back then. Yeah, but he's such a beautiful human being. He can get away with it. You know, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, and he did. Uh, yeah. a huge crush on that man. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> Now it's it's it has this raw punk aesthetic still and that energy of not really knowing much about musical theory, but I think the punk movement at the end of the day did a lot to democratize music. It, totally. it injured music in many ways, but it democratized it and freed it up in many other ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, over here I play with pre-punk uh, musicians like Don, so it's got a kind of a post-punk slash American jam Grateful Dead sound to it, and uh, back in France, it's it's straight up, uh, <laughs> still post-punky, Nick Cavey, yeah. that, that whole scene. And you're sitting here with acoustic guitar, so it's uh, yeah. it's acoustic post-punk. Yeah, this yeah. is the, this is the uh, mellow side. Yeah. Well, like if yeah, you look at if you look Wikipedia, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, the first yeah. word you see is post-punk because right. he, he he mixed gospel and American music and African music with that that punk aesthetic, and yeah. and he could do it with an acoustic guitar, or right. piano, or or a, you know a, a straight-up rock band. So. Yeah, you could say he's closer to uh, Johnny Cash than he is to yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know Sonic Youth. Yeah. So um, it's nice not to have labels sometimes. Yeah. Um, just the thing you mentioned, I'd like to know your theory on a little bit more, talking about punk music, and you said it democratized it a lot, but also injured rock to some extent. What's your thought on that? Um, my thought is just firsthand, um, see, now that I have this amazing life of being able to play with pre-punk musicians and post-punk musicians, um, when I talked to um, one of the Zookeeper drummers just a few months ago in Brad when we were rehearsing in Bradford, and... Uh, the guy had put in so much time and energy to learn his instrument and to learn musical theory and to really know his drums. And he literally said, you know, along came these punks and mm. just like, you know, but basically what was my, what, what, what I, you know, I'd lost all this time and I could have just gone boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, bam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think a lot of guys might feel that way. Yeah. Um, but the way it opened up music to, hey, uh, the, the, the whole DIY approach of you can, you can, uh, yes, we can. Yes, yep. you can do music. And I think as a listener, I liked that it, it emphasized energy over theory. Yeah. You know, it was feeling more yeah. more than science. Uh -huh. You know, I think that's what... Can I quote you? Because that's was. brilliantly said. I, mean, I, I, I just made it up on the spot. <laughs> okay. I have no registered trademark on that at all, so it's but all it's, yours. But it's, it's like when somebody asked me today uh, that uh, what kind of music do you play, um, I always quote this one. I remember I was working as a, a writer in Paris at the time in the early... It was like 89, 90, or 91, one of those three years. And there was an op-ed piece in the what was the Herald Tribune at the time, which was basically an offshoot of the New York Times, mm -hmm. and it and it, it basically was an article about the future of music. And the guy is, was was writing and saying that basically the future there's going to be so many subgenres, it's just going to be one gigantic fusional mess, mm. and it's going to be beautiful. Mm. And uh, he was right on the money because yeah. that's what it has become. That's pretty much where we are yeah. right now. And everybody, and he also added that everybody and his grandma will be will have a band right. or some kind of instrument or machine. Right. 
and I don't have one yet. I'm going to have to start one. Okay. Somebody's <laughs> grandma. <laughs> um, I just write about other people's bands and talk about them on the radio. Um, so maybe we should hear some of those not bad songs. Well, actually, about. we were just talking about Nick Cave. This following song, I was trying to figure out the chords to uh, to a Nick Cave song from an earlier album. And it ain't gonna rain anymore now, my babies. And I said, oh, dude, why don't I have a song like that? So I started writing these songs, and a few lyrics came to mind. And so I said, this song is going to be about going home every spring to Vermont, and I'm going to kind of lift the whole Edward Abbey introduction to De uh, Desert Solitaire. Do you ever read that book? You know, the Edward Abbey, who, Earth First Dude, who wrote The Monkey Ranch Gang? I have not read that. Well, he wrote a beautiful piece on the homing instinct on the first page of this book, uh, Desert Solitaire, and it's all about having a favorite place. Hmm, nice. So, All right. Well, here's some music from David Rosane and The Zookeepers. It ain't the green, it ain't the gray, it ain't the rain another day. It's all up there in my cranium, so safe from what you say. My favorite color. Favorite. 
flavor when I'm blue. My favorite place. This is all I want to be true. David Rosane and the Zookeepers, David on guitar, Don Sinclair on guitar, David singing also, and uh, Jen Grossi on vocals as well. Sounded great. Thank you. Thanks Thanks a lot. Pleasure. That was definitely not bad. (laughs) Thank you very (laughs) much. Um, I'm glad I I said earlier we'll devote an hour to you guys, partly because you came from a a long way away, but also hearing you tell the uh, Cliff Note version of your life story. Sounds like there's at least an hour's worth of... uh, music and discussion we can have. Um, let's see. You were in Paris and the Amazon. Which would you like to talk about first as far as what the experience was like? Oh, uh, a footnote regarding Paris. Um, <laughs> this one Do we need more than an hour? <laughs> <laughs> no, this was, this, I, I wrote, I, I was, um, uh, uh Mazie, Ma- Mazie, Mazie Star? Is it Mazie, Mazie Star. I listen to Mazie Star. One of my all-time favorite Yeah, their, their latest album. And I, yeah. I, I'm very good at being very bad about knowing what's happening in the music world. So I discovered this band, their latest album, like it came out two years ago. Their music's pretty timeless. So and, you so, can and I'm listening to this one song about California, yeah. and, it, and it's got this little thing to it. And like a lot of songwriters, I, if I really love something, I stop what I'm listening to, and I just like... How did they do that? Oh, oh, here I go. And up popped this song, Paris is for Love. Mm. It's just the opposite of the song I just sang about coming home to Vermont. Um, people say, you know, when I say I live in Paris, people say, oh my God, it's romantic, it's amazing, <laughs> oh, it's fabulous. And it's just a city. It's polluted. It's full mm-hmm. of stressed out people. Uh, a lot of them are, you know, are in hardship and a few on the, in a little crust on the top of, of the 1%. And although there is a bit of social democracy still, Alaberni still happening in France, mm-hmm. and um, and f- as far personally as far as the whole romantic thing about Paris is, eh, it didn't really work out for me. So I just kind of wrote a sarcastic song <laughs> called, and so we uh, so a, a burst British, that bubble. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> shoot down those a uh, British expat and expats in Paris like to get together and just complain, just like Ugh, you know. And so this, it's kind of like a defense. Mate. It's 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 very baboonish in behavior. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of these expat baboons get together, and one of the, my my expat baboon friends, uh, Richard Lewis, uh, said, oh. I love this song. It sounds like an old Bowie tune. Let me layer on. And this guy's a genius. He's, he plays like 20 instruments mm-hmm. and writes his own music. So he layers in all these, this this whole symphony of violins and plays the drums and plays guitar and plays Rhodes in lieu of, of the bass. And so it's a, it's a really it's a really kind of nifty song about, uh, but nobody really gets the sarcasm. They kind of listen hmm. to it and they say, "Oh, that's a really sweet song yeah. about Paris." Paris I mean, is, is that a about wonderful the Paris attacks? City. I said, "No, it's not about the <laughs> Paris attacks." But if, another thing that I discovered late in life about music is that uh, when I was used to be writing songs as a kid, it was like, "Ooh, people are going to listen to my lyrics and take it." I'd never done that to anybody else. Right. They just become figments of my, whatever my my the the the, the big of pastry that I have as a brain that just layers on layers of emotion and experience. It's another instrument in the song to me. 
like is the person listening to it and what he well does as with the it? listener yeah. I don't I I mean sometimes I'll hear lyrics but then much of the time I have no idea what the lyrics are it's yeah. just like you know there's drums there's bass there's guitar yeah. there's voice it's not always something but you're out hiking the long trail and you'll be you'll be singing this really nice mm-hmm. lyric and you maybe have no idea what it's may not even be singing the right words uh, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so did you went to Paris uh, to write for a magazine? Was that what you said? No, I moved to Paris because my, my, my dad worked for a multinational. Oh, okay. And uh, he worked for a Canadian company at the time, Alcan, the aluminum company mm-hmm. in Canada. And um, and uh, he, uh, at one point, accepted uh, a, a position in, in, in Europe, and that was France. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up moving there with my folks when I was 10. Oh. But we kept Vermont as as a home base up in the little town of Richford up in Franklin County, mm-hmm. just underneath the J Peak. Right. And we've I've been coming back to this place every year since religiously. Yeah. Um, and was there ever a moment where Paris was magic for you, or was it always just kind of that that more downcast? It's like city any you know we always romanticize. I still romanticize the Amazon because I miss it, and then I romanticize Vermont ten months out of the year because I'm not here. Mm-hmm. Um, it when you it, in, you're caught up in your own workaday life and and I I pile on a whole all this activism and and uh, writing that I do outside of the music, so it just becomes another city I guess. Yeah. Um. I've I tried writing a positive song about Paris and I actually did. Uh, so I have a follow up to Paris is for Love, which is called This City, which we just recorded the other day in St Albans, which is going to be coming out what 2017. Mm-hmm. But Passes for Love is on this little... Sorry, I'm going to plug my little you French are, album. You are uh, certainly allowed and encouraged to. Passes for Love on this is on this uh, modern folk uh, album that came out uh, a year and a half ago, produced by my friend Nick Buxton of Basement Studios in France, who is the guy who introduced me to Will Patton. Oh, okay. Bakersfield yes, musician. Yes, like who's my neighbor in Vermont, but I didn't know him. Hmm. But it turns out he recorded music in the same studio in Paris that I did so oh, we ended up meeting okay. over there because Will's done some gypsy jazz I think oh yeah so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very and French now we're best friends of, and stuff yeah. so it's really cool mandolin player yeah. Will um, so this this album was done with the, the Les Zookeeper Les Zookeeper yes. yeah, this, uh, yeah a lot of uh, good people on this album um, Richard Lewis who I mentioned earlier and my uh, buddy from childhood Thierry uh, Ringelstein who was half Italian half uh, uh, French Alsatian like mm. from the German border yeah, yeah. and he he's the culprit that 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 well no i think i got we got each other into post-punk rock when we were you know obsessively listening to echo and the bunnymen and joy division yeah. and all that stuff I, I mentioned mazzy star echo and the bunnymen is, is that band that i must always go back to yeah a couple of their albums basically their first four albums are incredible well you know how you can like you're listening to bruce springsteen and somehow there's always kind of a the ghost of roy orbison and in, mm-hmm. in his chord progressions yep. well the ghost of ian mccullough is in every other song i write nice. i'm sure i'm nice. sure just that's the way a, he puts his voice into his it's chords. a good ghost to have yeah. yeah now that's a band that's still very powerful for me which is a testament to a band's music if 30 some years later they can still have that effect on you i think um let's talk music now do you is there something else you'd like to play um, sure, I'd love to play this um, song about uh, urban and country dualism. Mm. A lot of my stuff is kind of like breakup material. That tends to happen to me a lot. And uh, but I layer it in with uh, social and environmental entropy. So they're basically just essays in decay. Mm. 
there was like Radiohead was did a gig in New York the other day, and I think it was the title the next day after the, the journalist from the New York Times went to see him was like something about the Kingdom of Dread. Yes, <laughs> I read that story because <laughs> I, I went up to see him in Montreal <laughs> a couple of days later up at Oceaga Festival, and uh, yeah, there's definitely an well, you element can turn of that. melancholy into lucrative business, obviously. Well, melancholy songs music. are yeah. better than happy songs typically. Well, that's in my what opinion, Iggy Pop so. says he says, yeah. "Oh, they can take their happy music." Yep. You know, yep. I'm um, I'm with Iggy on that one. All right, so here's more music from David Rosane and Urban Country. The Zookeepers. Consider me your northern star, consider me your cross. Consider me in some universe Consider me as lost Consider me as lost as I am Consider me as random Consider me with all Consider me some blossom Consider me some flaw Consider I just found out who you are All right In this urban country I can't feel I'm as good as dumb and numb for real So many miles and time away And the wicked waves of memory As I am, as I stand, as I am, consider me as different, consider me the same, consider me your teammate, consider me the main, consider you a just as I am Consider me as trade-off Consider me the bomb Consider me the tenant Consider me as gone Consider me as gone as I am Urban country, I can't feel I'm as good as dumb and known for real. So many miles and time away, and the wicked ways of memory might rip away what's left of me. I stand as I am, as I stand, as I stand. As I stand, as I stand, as I stand, as I stand, as I am, as I am.
Oh, yeah. It's David Rosane and the Zookeepers. Some sweet harmonies there, David and uh, Jen Grossi. Sounded amazing. Thank you. And uh, Don Sinclair on guitar, too. Thanks. Um, so, David, your time in the Amazon, what was that like? It was um, insanely crazy and beautiful and scary and peaceful at all at the same time. What, again, was your reason for being there? Um, I was working as a um, research associate and instructor for Cornell University under Professor Eloy Rodriguez, who is, was a doctor in um, biochemistry and who uh, was the head, uh, who ran this uh, program for minority student uh, undergraduate research training. So we would take um, gifted kids from a whole bunch of different backgrounds, across the you know the whole immigrant spectrum in the states um and uh take them down to either dominican republic or venezuela southern venezuela or northwestern peru and uh, teach them about the amazon teach them how to work and live abroad and how to do research hmm. and so and i did that uh two months out of the year and uh, an extra two months was four months out of the year then i did this for 10 years i'd just go out and and do stuff on my own and do some uh basic uh baseline research in in birds because my original training is in ornithology mm. and cornell uh, has a uh, noted ornithology program a, right? exactly the huge uh, the lab of Vaux, yes yeah. very 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 fine place yep um so you, you made it sound like it was amazing scary in fact you pretty much said it was amazing scary yeah. beautiful so what uh what were your experiences that made all those things happen well, um, boy, it's uh, it's kind of hard to sum up. Um, yeah. uh, my usual routine would be uh, would involve getting up like super early, like at three or four, and then walking out to a study site um, and uh, hoping not to bump into anything too lethal. But it's you know it's safer than being in a city statistically. So yeah, hey, you know. Yeah, um, I, I think our our impressions of what a dangerous place the world is be a little skewed sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and Just as dangerous being at home, basically, as it is being in many other places. Yeah, so I was I was all right. It was yeah. just, it's a bit intense, you know. Sure. If, I, I once saw something that I will always uh, take away is I, I was studying these bird uh, birds called ant birds that uh, their, their entire lives are dedicated to following swarms of army ants hmm. and picking up what's ever trying to flee. <laughs> a swarm of army ants and everything yeah. flees snakes so like the, the predator predator yeah, yeah, basically exactly. and I, I once saw these uh, I don't know how many like thousands of army ants collectively dismember a scorpion about the size of my hand hmm. in you know a few minutes wow and and they crawl up your legs and they get ugh there's nothing here and they turn around and go back down and hmm. meanwhile they, all these little funky birds with weird colors like there's one called the white plume napper that's got this funky kind of punk crest going a mohawk <laughs> and kind of bright orange legs and a, a brick red uh, chest and a beautiful black and white uh, pattern on the plumage so your your senses are alive down there because they're being called to use um your mind is alive because you you're doing research and uh i was in good shape back then you know you're out walking the yeah. jungle and some so sometimes i'd be doing that by myself other times i'd be doing it with um a cohort of uh Pretty sassy students when you think about it. You know, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, you take them out of the chair. Hey, this is the jungle. It's supposed to know it. It scares you, dumbass 30-year-old. We're not scared. We're like, yeah. Because we're invincible. We rock. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> I vaguely remember that feeling of being invincible <laughs> when you're 19. Um, how did it change you? Oh, I think the thing that changed me the most was just becoming a dad. 
It huh? sounds cliche, but it happened here in Burlington. I, mm-hmm. I adopted my son uh, Manny from the Lund mm. uh, family yep. uh, thing association, and uh, and so a big hurrah to them and thank you because um, Manny is now an <laughs> integral part of my life. <laughs> and he is nine and As a half. As children <laughs> tend to be, yes. whether you want them to be or not. <laughs> And he's a he's a born Vermonter and and loves it over here. We we come back every summer and uh, he is fallen head over heels in love with these 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 two beautiful people here, Don and Jen. Mm-hmm. And Don and Jen host a summer camp, a music and and uh, uh, showcasey kind of uh, a showbiz camp down in Bradford. And so Manny this year came over and was part of a, a three week uh, summer music camp. Mm-hmm. And so improved his English and made a lot of uh, American friends, which was really cool. Nice. Sorry to, to branch off from the Amazon. But that's, that's, that's totally all right. <laughs> this is running a summer camp for kids. Is, I like the Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Correct. the Amazon, do you want to hear about my summer camp? <laughs> Actually, uh, I did want to ask about the, the scene in, in Bradford, the music scene, if there is a music scene per se. I remember when I first started covering arts and entertainment a dozen years ago that uh, Middle Earth was kind of oh, a big man. deal. So yeah. maybe either Jen or Don, you can talk a little bit about the Bradford scene. Yeah, Middle Earth was awesome. Yeah, uh, I think it closed in two thousand six or something. Yeah, I started or in two thousand four. I started covering. Was this a club? And yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. it was wonderful. Yeah, uh, it, w- it was as uh, Tolkien esque as you would expect from the yep. name, right? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a little Warren. Yep. Yeah, and it's co- kind of the scene, I guess, died a little bit after that, and then yeah. it's been picking up a lot the last few years. Um, a lot of the restaurants and bars in town have music all on the same night. Um, and then uh, we've been part of the music network in that region as well, mm-hmm. uh, intentionally trying to foment live music more and more. If you're running a summer camp, there's some fomenting going yes. on with that, <laughs> I suspect, yes. And we also have a house concert series yeah. at our house called the Summer Street Music Series, which is about five years old now. And we get musicians from around the country i guess and from around the world uh yeah. oh, don't look at me sometimes from, from paris <laughs> well, Lucy for was there. well lucy was there a few years yeah. ago from paris and um uh about once a month throughout the summer and a few through the winter too and that that's what middle earth was doing they were getting a fair amount of vermont musicians but also touring musicians so yeah. you're in a way it sounds like uh picking that up again yeah and also we're trying to kind of collaborate with community organizations as well to to, to sort of give the idea to the community, which is starting to work, that live music is very valuable. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a constant effort, isn't it? Yeah. To get people <laughs> off their duffs and out to hear music that they may not know what it is. I spend a lot of my energy trying to do that, too. Um, what's next? Music you want to hear a song? Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be great. Um, are we just? Do you want to play one? No, or we could listen to one. Or we, we could listen we, to I'd one. I'd love to listen to Paris is for Love, the one with all the yeah, the the the, the chocolate flavored violin stuff. Yeah, the vanilla yeah. song about yeah. not liking Paris. You're making me hungry. <laughs> um, do we have that? that I think uh, I gave it to your friend. Okay, your Brian's got it over there. He's uh, looking like he's got things under control. I'm sure he does. Um, so, uh, anything else you want to say about the song while Brian's getting it ready? Um, thank you to all the wonderful musicians who, who played on it. And we do have a version over here that sounds more like uh, The Grateful Dead. But uh, this one sounds very French. Let's listen to this one first. Okay, good. Here is David Rosane and the Zookeepers.
so easy It's so easy It's so easy It's so easy It's so easy to believe Paris is for love It's so sunny, it's so happy, and it's so friendly, and it's so nice. It's so easy, it's so easy, it's so easy to lie. It's so easy, it's so easy, it's so easy to deny. is for love Paris is for love Paris is for love David Rosane and the Zookeepers. Paris is for Love, the name of the song, right? Yes, sir. From the album named... Modern Folk. Modern Folk. 
Um, so we were talking Amazon, and then we moved on to child rearing and uh, summer music camps and the Bradford music scene. Uh, maybe we can meander back to the Amazon, and you can talk a little okay. bit more about your experience there. Well, as I was saying earlier, the um, I, I, I put a, a bit of life experience into the advantage of becoming a songwriter at 50. Is the, I, th- I think you have maybe a... I don't know how those guys did it back. Like Jim Morrison, you listen to Jim Morrison. Like he sounds like he has this whole life of experience. And he's this 22-year-old... Yeah. How did they do that back then? I Some guess people cram 50 years of life into it's, 27. Yeah. And yeah. Lou Reed, same thing. You know, yeah. the first Velvet. You know, yep. just, anyway. Yep. I had to work 50 years to, of doing like stuff to try and put some 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 meaning into some songs and uh so coming off the amazon i had some stuff to write about and i ended up dedicating this whole album modern folk to this uh one um native community that i ended up uh living with and working for i quickly abandoned the bird research after a few years and started doing outreach and um they asked me to teach basic uh natural science um, to the kids Hmm. so that they could uh, grow up with a bifocal view of the world with their own indigenous culture and worldview plus the western as as uh, uh, a means of empowerment for the for their for the community Mm -hmm. so uh, and then i started involving uh, students from cornell and from other students minority students with that kind of outreach slash humanitarian research project. And it was a win-win for everybody because the, uh, the elders really liked it because in, in learning all the, you know, the names of Western names of butterflies, uh, the kids started asking the elders. And the elders had been complaining for a few decades that you know, they weren't being listened to anymore. <laughs> and so these little kids running around, hey, poppy, poppy, you know, what's, what's this name? What's this butterfly in, in Yaquana? In, oh, in my now own you want to know oh, okay. something, huh? <laughs> So we, we put together this little book for kids on, you know, the common plants and animals of their community. Plus, and there was a, and then we did some serious work for the, for the head man. Um, he wanted a map done for political purposes. Mm-hmm. So we went out with some GIS and GPS people and all their little techno wizardry, and we put together a, a map. And in, in that map, in addition to natural resources and cultural resources, we included a whole layer of spiritual toponymy. So if a mountain had been the sacred passage of the sacred tapir 3,000 years ago and was still the place of evil spirit passage or whatever that would be. And so the map ended up on the wall of the school. Wow. It's kind of cool. Hmm. So you talked about activism. Is this uh, part of your activism? or? Well, I went into the Amazon as a misanthropist and and, 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 and came out a, 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 what's the opposite? A philanthropist, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and um, trying to do as much outreach and uh, not shutting of own mouth in public as possible mm-hmm. and talking about certain issues and writing about certain issues and singing about certain issues. So I did at least um, dedicate this uh, album here and one song to that whole experience with the Yakwana. Mm-hmm. That's spelled uh, Y-E apostrophe K-U-A-N-A. And in their native tongue, it means um, people of the wooden dugout canoe. Hmm. You spend a lot of time in wooden dugout canoes. They do. Yeah, I and thought maybe I've been down rapids. There, I've been yeah. down rapids in dugout canoes, and yeah. it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty scary, but uh, they they know their way around. Because you don't want to fall out of a dugout canoe and have that come at you. I would think. No, 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 no. That no, probably no, weighs no. about nine million pounds and would, I, exactly. would crush you. Yeah, well, yeah. it's carved out of or burnt out of. A, you know, they 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 hollow out a, a, a like this giant tree, and there are only like two elders who still knew at the time ten years ago how to do it. Hmm. So there was a huge problem of acculturation, and then the Chavez uh, regime came along Mm -hmm. and put an end to any involvement uh, from 
Western, quote unquote, Western mm. sources. Like, so the whole uh, program with Cornell University was stopped. So I, I mm. stopped. So I'm at least now Facebook friends with um, some guys that are still left from that community. The so we can, Facebook, oh, you know, can right. stay in touch. Is that near Angel Falls at all? Uh, no, Angel Falls would be more to the northeast of where I was uh, uh, stationed. I was uh, in the um, the uh, province, uh, Amazonas province, the Amazon mm. a part of Venezuela, which is basically where the Orinoco kind of wraps around and does that little okay. question mark thing at the bottom. Mm. Okay. Um, so I think we have time for a few more songs. Uh, there was one I think you had in mind playing also from the record, maybe? Um, uh, yes. Which one was that? Huh? Freeway. Freeway. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Well, that, that was more about the Occupy movement, and I took that slogan, uh, sorry for the inconvenience, we're trying to change the world. <laughs> I said, nobody, somebody's written, oh, please. Uh, so I looked it up. Nobody had written a song using that as the chorus. So it's kind of an homage to my time working as a, a teacher slash activist in New York City. This was just before the Occupy. I, w I worked there just before the Occupy movement happened. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it's kind of, uh, it's uh, spun in a little Lou Reed-ish kind of way. So it's kind of a, my personal homage to, in New York. to the man and his album yeah. New York, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's uh, probably no musician who typifies New York more than Lou. So with his album, New York, he kind of cemented that, I suppose. That was an amazing album. Yeah, amazing. I just heard that over the weekend was at a party the coworker had, and he just had Lou Reed playing the whole time. And Last great American whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so is that the song you want to do next? The Freeway, yeah. Yeah, okay. We Thanks. got it uh, ready to roll, Brian? Um, but maybe we can talk more about your uh, time in New York, if You'd like to talk about that sure. after this song? Yeah. Okay. We'll use this song to kind of get us in the New York frame of mind. Here's David Rosane and the Zookeepers. They say we missed the last star standing. They say we missed our curtain call. They say I missed the morning siren. Giant billboard above them all. Sorry for the inconvenience. We're just trying to change the world. Sorry for the inconvenience. We're just trying to turn it all around. They say we miss the exit forward, not to mention the exit home. I guess we're stuck until the border. Look for the sign that says it all. Sorry for the inconvenience, we're just trying to rule the world. Sorry for the inconvenience, we're just trying to take it all away. Climbing, climbing, climbing upward, jump the river, boys and girls. Treading sand in a heavy desert, cross the ocean, walk the earth. Sorry for the inconvenience, we're just trying to change the world. Sorry for the inconvenience, we're just trying to make it all the way. Submit to the king, submit to a throne, down to the queen, go fetch a bone, land on a mine or die for a cause. Submit your love and in your life. Sorry for the inconvenience. We're just trying to rule the world. Sorry for the inconvenience. We're just trying to take it all away. 
David Rosane and the Zookeepers Freeway was the name of the song, right, David? Yes, sir. Yep. We're here in our uh, secret summer bunker in the great outdoors in the greater Burlington Metroplex, talking with uh, David Rosane and also with Don Sinclair, who's been playing guitar, and Jen Grossi, who's been contributing vocals. And um, that song uh, was definitely a Lou Reed-inspired song, no doubt. Um, about, and it uh, deals with your time in New York? Yes, and although I, I had to write a song about the Occupy movement, and I also had just finished reading a book by Paul Hawken called The Blessed Unrest. I don't know if you've read it. I have um, not. He's one of the big uh, uh, environmental druids of California, and uh, he's written a number of books. One of this, one of the, uh, it was tra- it was life uh, life changing for me, and it's about how all of the rights, various rights movements. Um, uh, animal rights, gay rights, any any kind of rights movement you can think of have basically been converging in exponentially and, and recently in human history and uh, what their roots are. And I think the tagline for the book is uh, uh, something about the largest movement in, hu- in human history and why nobody saw it coming. Hmm. And ever since I've read this book, I've had a completely different analytical grid through which to view ongoing events. And yes, there's a lot of mayhem in the world and there's a lot of destruction on the eco side, especially vis-a-vis the environment. But I think we're waking up as a human family right now, and I see signs of it all the time. So I wanted to write a song that echoed what, what's the vein, the, the central vein of the book, and wh- how I felt about it. Well, and change is hard. Yeah. And that might be what we're going through right now, yeah. too, is through all of that human rights change, yeah. it's, it ain't easy. No, mm-hmm. no. But it's, it's becoming global, just like technology has enabled globalization, um, as Bernie would say, not in, in particularly in a favorable way vis-a-vis you know income and jobs and wealth disparity Um, but it has it is bringing us and i mean people have uh, you know crunched the data and looked at numbers and people who look at these things and come out with books including uh, steven pinker from mit uh no he's from with harvard now about uh the uh the evolving uh moral compass of humanity and how we're waking up as a as a human family and uh Millennials not really seeing their s- themselves as oh I was born American or I was born French or I was born this but as members of a family of one common mm-hmm. human family right and I'm also seeing sweeping generalities generalization with younger generation less of a sense of a need for ownership of things yeah you know kind of like I don't need to own a car and I don't need a big house and yeah like that shift is happening which yeah. is I think part of that of like. And and maybe it's because stuff is online now, you know. Like yeah. you don't need a giant album collection; yeah. it's just all there. Like, it just seems like people are not needing to acquire things. Maybe. Well, I was I was working on a documentary as a, as a writer back in France two years ago on how technology actually changes us more than we think. I mean, mm-hmm. fire changes completely. Agriculture, organized agriculture, changes uh, changed our our breeding biology, our, our mm-hmm. behavior, and now this thing is this this thing is out of control. Yeah. 
Um, do you want to play another song? Sure. And it's, it's about the redeeming aspects of, of cities that I have a hard time living in, but I cannot... When I lived in New York City, I didn't really like living there. It's a very hostile, aggressive environment, but I love the people. And I went in there with an undereducated mind and came out with with a new brain. And and I had to write a song about how cities can be very, very powerfully transformative that way because they are, historically speaking, at least centers of enlightenment. So mm-hmm. uh, you and pay the price yeah. of, of, of bad air and you come out with a, a polluted brain, but a smarter one. And there is that energy of the city I've spent a fair amount of time in New York this year and just, you know, that energy is, uh, well, is it, carries New York's you not along. a city, it's like a fix. It's like... Yeah, yeah, oh, <laughs> it's totally. Like, yeah. It's like snorting something. Yes, yes. And you don't want to snort the air in New York. <laughs> but, uh, what's this song called? This City. All right, This City by David Rosane and the Zookeepers. See 
David Rosane and the Zookeepers, This City, the name of the song, right? Well, that's probably like the best version we've ever <laughs> really? done of it. I mean, I just love this place for singing, man. This yeah. is awesome. We're out, yeah. outdoors in the backyard in Burlington. Am yeah. I allowed to disclose that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're <laughs> around a campfire. Yeah, yeah. We got uh, tiki lights going and uh, a few sort of not quite Christmas lights. I don't know what you'd call them, but uh, yeah, there's a, there's a vibe. It's a definite vibe. I want to ask yeah. Brian, is there a Pokemon sitting on my head right now? Or <laughs> <not>? <laughs> there might be. Yes. Watch out. Um, do you guys play live out and about? Yes. Oh, that's the best part. Yeah. yeah, we've had a lot. It's kind of interesting with, with David being in Paris most of the year. Um, we try to fit it all in in a couple of months. So we had about 20 shows from the end of June, beginning of July to Labor Day weekend. So we're running around like mad. It's a little calmer now because it's only like two a week. Right. But for a while, there was. Oh. <laughs> Any well, like you, to, we could uh, be digging a ditch somewhere. So well, I'll, no, I'll no, go I'm for the top. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm just saying right. it, you No, a guy it. said that once to me. I was complaining. Yeah. I don't want to play tonight. I'm like tired. And he said, "Dude, screw, screw you, dude. Yeah. Come on, you could be digging a ditch right yeah. now." My coworker who writes about food, she may not like me telling this, but she was complaining that she had too many restaurants to go to this week, and no. I was <laughs> suggesting that perhaps not a lot of us wanted to hear about that. <laughs> kind of the, the same idea. The uh, too much of a good thing, I suppose. Any uh, shows coming up you want to talk about in particular? Or am I putting you on the spot of well, the, too the, many to remember? The, the, sur- the one that's surreal, it's out in the middle of the woods. It's like and a whole bunch of people show up, and it's at the Whammy Bar. The Whammy Bar. Which is Dallas. a small mm. room at, mm. the, at the, the back yeah. of, a, like, of a country the store. store. Yeah, and you're so like, cool. who's going to come to this? And all of a sudden, you, know, you start your first song, your second song, you're into your third, fourth song. And all of a sudden, there are 30, 40, 50 people in the room. It's fantastic. Nice. And the beer is awesome. Wow. I gotta yeah. find this place oh, in the yeah, woods of Callis. Up, in, up yeah. in Dare Hills, up there. Up in Dare Hills, <laughs> old Callis. Yeah, we've never been able to find it directly. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure every time we go there, we get, get there, lost. It's yes. really fun. Yeah. And every time we get off in the hayfields. I do that whenever I go to Craftsbury. I can never find Craftsbury it's without kinda, I, winding yeah, up in Greensboro thing. or yeah. Glover or somewhere I'm not supposed yeah. to be. But do you know when that date is? Uh, that's a week from Friday, and this Friday we're a skinny pancake in Montpelier. Hopefully. Outdoors, if it doesn't rain. So what is that? August, quick, quick, hurry so up. Nineteenth. Today's the tenth. Callis so is the nineteenth. is August nineteenth. Okay, good. And then we have a, a, a those are you know, kind of like bar gigs. And then we have a, a concert concert at a place called Artistry. In oh yeah, Pomfret. Montgomery Center, I believe that. No, is. oh no, Pomfret. I'm I'm thinking of an uh the for the arts something for the arts. Yeah, 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 yeah a, you're right. This is a place called Artistry. The, the yes, Artistry. you're right. Yes, yes. Pomfret, I think they renovated this. Old barn. I mean, the renovation's amazing. There's an elevator. There's. It's just a beautiful place. Wow. And so we're gonna do a, a, a concert concert there. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. we're then we're yeah. then we're doing a release party for our upcoming album, Urban Country. 
which is at the Colatine in Bradford. Exit in Bradford on September second. And then we're then we're and then we're back at J Peak September third. At the at the Big J Tavern. Big J Tavern up uh, up there in near Canada, you know. Yep. And then we're back in the studio on uh, on September fourth, 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 fourth. Wow. Because we didn't finish what we set up. Well, to we started <laughs> last week. Yeah. How much time do you spend in Vermont, David? Um, well, I'm beginning to come over during spring break and all that when my son is is off from school. So it's uh, uh, it, this year. It's going to be one, two, three, four. Uh, possibly five months total. Okay. So but more yeah. and more time here. Yeah. But I can see why you feel the need to cram as much music as possible in with uh, these guys. Yeah, well, I'm in love with yeah. these two over yeah. here, so yeah, yeah, totally. We've been uh, talking for the last hour or so with David Rosane and uh, his band, The Zookeepers, or at least part of them, with uh, Don Sinclair contributing guitar and uh, Jen Grossi on vocals. Thanks, guys. This was actually very amazing. This was... You've had a fascinating life, David, and... I sense a lot of great songs coming out of some of what you've done. Well, thank you. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the drawing board tonight and try and write some more <laughs> for you. So do, some more I'll of those not best. bad songs. <laughs> I think we're going to leave with one more song uh, from your album. Yeah, and this, this is perfect because it goes back to your first question about, you know, punk or whatever. This is a post-punk, typical post-punk rock pop song uh, played with a... Uh, could only be described as kind of an American jam band and the American zookeepers and it's called Rock and Roll Suicide um, and it's about uh, political and ideological entropy it's about the 20th century I mean that sounds a bit grandiose but I sometimes I like the rest of us I get every turn you turn around and somebody says believe in this and then you read that no you gotta believe in this and this is my bestseller saying you gotta believe in that and, and especially so we, now with Twitter you get 10 people a minute telling you, you what believe to believe in, this. in yeah, yeah. so so I, at the end of the day, I, I, I do have a soft spot for the scientific method, uh, not as an ideology, but as a tool for looking at data and trying to just humbly understand the mechanism of, of the world around us, which is, as you know, insanely complex. Yes. And uh, we will leave on that note. Uh, this is Brent Hollenbeck, host of Rocket Shop, also write about music for the Burlington Free Press. Do Rocket Shop Wednesday nights from 8 to 9 o'clock. Please tune in again. We will leave you with this song from David Rosane and the Zookeepers. Thanks again, David. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Brian, thanks. Don't believe in angels. Don't believe in love. Don't believe in anything Don't believe in much Don't believe in beauty Don't believe in the truth Don't believe in evolution Don't
believe in darkness Don't believe in no higher power Don't believe in telling no lies Don't believe in your God Sanctum no genocide 